From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. The pre-COVID levels show, uh, you know, data from the CDC that, you know, back in 2018, um, uh, roughly two-thirds of women were being screened appropriately for breast cancer. You know, that means that 33% of women hadn't had a mammogram, you know, this year, last year, or the year before. Um, and that's just, you know, unacceptable. And, you know, and to my breast imager's heart and to my woman's spirit, that this is like, what? where are our sisters? Where are the rest of, you know, the women who need to be screened for breast cancer? That's Susan Holly, breast radiologist and clinical director for research and development at OnSite Women's Health, talking about the importance of an annual mammography. We'll hear more from Susan in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors. Spend more time doing what you love, caring for patients, and less time on clinical documentation. The Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX, captures the patient story securely and accurately to automatically document at the point of care for increased efficiency and patient throughput. Discover how DAX provides a better patient experience and eliminates afterward documentation. Visit nuance.com slash DAX on demand to see DAX in action and explore how DAX Nuance's ambient clinical intelligence solution can transform your organization. Breast cancer will impact one in eight women. The best way to decrease mortality in breast cancer is early detection. OnSite Women's Health provides healthcare practices and providers with the ability to bring screening mammography in-house, giving their patients the ability to schedule a mammogram at the same time and location as their annual appointment. Partnering with OnSite allows more women to keep up with their annual screening and gives anyone impacted by breast cancer a fighting chance. Learn more at onsitewomenshealth.com. Our guest today is Susan Holly, breast radiologist and clinical director for research and development at Onsite Women's Health. Susan is here today to talk about the importance of annual mammograms and shares insights on early detection and creating better efficiencies in scheduling these exams. Susan, thanks so much for joining us on the MGMA Insights Podcast. It's lovely to be here. Thanks. <laughs> well, that's great. Now, looking over your, uh, your resume, your CV, you are uh, currently breast radiologist and clinical director for research and development at OnSite Women's Health. Give our listeners an idea who are, may not be familiar with the organization. What is your chief mission there? Sure. So Onsite Women's Health is a company where our primary mission is to provide a comprehensive and accessible breast cancer screening program in partnership with our referring physicians and clinicians. Our goal is to find breast cancer as early as possible 
We want to decrease the morbidity and mortality caused by breast cancer. And our mission is actually expanding um, as we're exploring ways to increase the impact of mammography and increase the benefits of screening. But if you wanted to boil it down to four words, our mission is screen women save lives. I love that. That is great work. And uh, we, we support you and in, uh, in your endeavors there. So thank you so much for the work y'all are doing. So let's drill down then a little bit about what your day to day looks like. You've got this dual role. You are a, a breast radiologist. You're also the clinical director of research and development. So what does that day to day look like? How do you balance those different roles? Where's your focus? It's an excellent question. It depends <laughs> on the day. Um, so what I really love the most actually about my role at OnSite is, is that exact sort of dichotomy is that I have a lot of breadth. And what I mean by that is, you know, my day includes both reading, you know, interpreting the screening mammogram exams that we get every day, you know, in our clinics. And it also includes some very, you know, conceptual idea-based meetings about, you know, directions that on-site is contemplating and, you know, ways that we can augment our screening program. So, you know, my focus gets to be both very, you know, individual on the level of just the patient, and it also gets to be very broad, you know, on the level of the population. Um, and it's just a really exciting and just gratifying place to be um, as a breast imager and a physician. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, one of the things, you know, because we you've talked about what the mission is there. So let's talk about something that is a real challenge for medical practices right now. We've seen it in our studies at MGMA. We've heard it anecdotally in talking to MGMA members from their practices. But the drop off in patient volume, um, it was dramatic, obviously, early in the pandemic. But there are some of those those checkups, those annual exams that both men and women have during their lifetime, certainly as they age, that a lot of people just, eh, I'm not going to go in there and, you know, go, I'm just going to put that off right now. So talk about that then. How, dra how drastic was the drop off in annual mammography screenings? Um, what are the implications short and long term uh, by putting that off? Yeah, it's an incredibly uh, important and far-reaching uh, topic and question um, because you alluded to it and it's true. I mean, the drop-off in not just screening mammograms, but all sorts of screening and sort of uh, preventative care basically went to zero. I mean, and if you think back, like that was a period of maximal uncertainty, you know, maximal flux, maximal sort of fear. And, you know, and honestly, those levels, although they have recovered somewhat, are still depressed. You know, that, that, that sort of, um, those resources and that time that patients, you know, need to devote to that kind of visit, you know, including an annual mammogram, just weren't there. Um, and the implications are dire. So, both the short and long-term implications stem from that lost time. We got everything, everything got pushed back, including breast cancer diagnoses. And what that means and what we are seeing is that there's now a stage shift in breast cancer diagnosis. And what that means is that more women are being diagnosed at a later stage 
than they had than than the proportions demonstrated prior to the pandemic, prior to this huge cessation, this huge drop off in screening mammography. So that means that more women are getting diagnosed with bigger cancers and cancers that have already spread. And we know that that means that we're going to see an increased effect in both morbidity, meaning more intensive treatments, bigger treatments, longer treatments, more expensive, more difficult treatments for breast cancer, and more mortality. More women are going to die from breast mm -hmm. cancer. Wow, that is um, not good news, but Over it's it. it's it Over is it. good to know that you are tracking it and then developing programs that we're going to talk about now, where we can bring that awareness and bring, uh, you know, plans to get women to get these exams. And like you said, it's not limited here. It's to so many of these different exams that we all sort of take for granted, but we put on hold. I, I mean, I, I know it's on a different level, but I, I didn't go get the, you know, the uh, six month dental checkup during the pandemic. And it's like, <laughs> Wow, that six months went by, then the next six months went by, and I kept going, I don't want to go sit in that chair. I don't care what precautions they're taking if there's COVID in there, and I don't want right. to walk out of right. there, and so I'm going to put this thing off, and I'm just going to floss more at home. So Right, I'm going to be a little bit more vigilant with the toothbrush. Yeah. <laughs> You're right on the money. I mean, and and I think that, you know, that was, that and continues to be for some, mm -hmm. for some proportion of the population, that's the call you got to make, you know, right. it's like, well, you know, I know that this, that I'm neglecting my health in certain regards, but I have to protect it in other ways. And that's, I right. think, part of the complexity that I think we've seen play out in the pandemic, um, mm -hmm. just how difficult that choice is and, you know, how hard it is to kind of, uh, you know, uh, get back on track um, with all the, with all, like I said, all the sort of health concerns and, and, and vagaries of the healthcare system. Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned that obviously <laughs> the patient volume there went to zero for a while in that initial yeah. stage. You said it's still, you're still seeing some issues, but give us an idea then as we're heading into summer of 2022 now, we're past the two year mark of mm -hmm. uh, when COVID hit us. Um, where are we with those numbers? Are they still below pre-COVID uh, levels or what's going on as far as exams today? Sure. Um, there's a little bit of variance depending on where you look and who you ask, but I think it's fair to say that in general, we're pretty much back to pre-COVID levels, pretty close. Okay. So that's one thing, but I think the important caveat or follow-up to, to make note of is that that's not, that's a pretty low bar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the pre-COVID levels show, uh, you know, data from the CDC that, you know, back in 2018, um, roughly two thirds of women were being screened appropriately for breast cancer. You know, that means that 33% of women hadn't had a mammogram, you know, this year, last year, or the year before. Um, and that's just, you know, unacceptable and you know and to my breast imager's heart and to my woman's spirit that this is like what where are our sisters where are the rest of you know the women who need to be screened for breast cancer um so to return to the 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 primary question so yeah we're getting there i think that that rebound you know there is there is um awareness there is some you know uh, uh sort of communication of that fact of hey wait a minute we've lost ground we need to catch up we need to get you back on track um 
But I think that the important thing is to know is that we can't stop there. You know, there's more efforts to be made. There's a lot more women who need this service and need to have it provided to them to be available to them. Right. So let's <laughs> let's put it in context then. We know that COVID, the COVID era, it it further impacted uh, people's reluctance to go in to get any kind of exam. But let's talk about in general then, um, what are the ongoing barriers that keep, um, frankly, a significant portion of women from having these annual mammograms? So I think that there's a combination of factors, as usual, um, responsible for, uh, you know, sort of the, the disparity and, you know, access to screening mammography and healthcare in general. Um, with screening mammography, we've seen a, um, a lot of different, you know, factors in play that women say, well, you know, I'm worried about radiation, or I may not be insured, or, uh, you know, th things of that nature. Those are sort of factual questions that can be relatively easily addressed, namely, you know, radiation dose is safe, we can have a detailed conversation about that. Insurance you know, a mammogram, screening mammogram is covered, you know, insured or uninsured, you know, again, details, you know, we can get into the details. Um, but I think the largest barriers really to screening mammo is that there's confusion about who should get it and when and how often. Um, and then frankly, just the burden of, you know, inconvenience, like it's one more appointment and I've got to go to one more place on a day that I already had way too much on the to-do list. So, to just pick those apart just a little bit. Um, you know, again, this is a topic that we could talk about for a whole hour, mm -hmm. but basically the, um, there, are, there are several different um, groups that have put forth recommendations for screening mammography and they aren't the same. <laughs> um, and without getting into the details, just hearing different messages from different supposed authorities completely undermines the message itself. If you're hearing you should do this and you're hearing, no, 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 you should do this. You're going to be inclined to sort of not really believe either of those parties and, you know, and be like, well, nobody seems to know, which isn't true, but it's just sort of a symptom, I think, of our time, you know, in barraged with advice or, you know, directives, you can kind of shut down and just, you know, kind of dismiss the whole, the whole mess. Um, but I, to, to, but to get back to just the particulars on that for just a second, all groups, Every single person, every single group, every single institution that's ever examined screening mammography has found that you save the most lives by screening every year, starting at age 40. That's incontrovertible. That's the truth. Now, the, you know, the arguments start coming on, well, should we, and is it worth it? That's a whole different discussion. But my job, my goal, and my calling is to find the breast cancers when they're small and help women get to treatment as soon as possible because that's how we save the most lives. So that's, I think they said, like I said, the problem is, you know, the confusion about the messaging, the variance in the messaging and the lack of a trusted contact to sort of clarify the situation, I think leads to a lot of, um, non-compliance is a real judgy word and I don't like it a lot, but it, it leads to women, like I said, just being less inclined to go get that screening mammogram. Um, convenience is, you know, a much more logistical factor, something that can be addressed, you know, by physicians with their local groups or by even having in-house mammography. 
um, you know, but it really does help, um, you know, the because the, the screening mam mammogram population, we're busy people. <laughs> we're taking care of a lot of different things, <laughs> you know, families, both younger and older, um, careers, uh, the unseen work of living and everyday society. I mean, anything that we can do to help make screening mammography easier to access and more readily available, I think, is a boon to women in general. Okay. You brought up several of the issues here that can be those barriers. The inconvenience one, it does seem like that the one, that's one you address that can be, you know, rectified. I, I, I want to believe, I hope, pretty easily where the messaging can get there. The two I want to get to are that I want you to go into more detail about are the confusing mess, the confusion of messaging. Um, and then also health literacy, but let's start with the confused messaging to begin with. What, where is that going wrong and, and how do we solve that aspect of it? So where I think the real sort of friction happens is when women feel yanked around. It's when there's contradictions. Well, you told me to start at 40, but they say I don't have to start till 50. Well, they told me to come every year and you're telling me I don't have to come until every two years. What is all that, you know? And, and I think that that, you know, like I said, we, we could talk for a long time. Uh, I think that, like I said, the summary statement that trying to just boil it down is the, how aggressively you screen is, is a philosophical point, really. I am unabashedly on the end of the spectrum that says we can find it, we can do something about it, we can make a difference, we know it works. There's a lot of things in medicine we do that we don't have as good a data for as we do as screening mammography. And therefore, this is a very, very important place to put our efforts and we should do everything we can. The other side of the argument is, hey, we don't have unlimited resources. We should try to maximize the impact of a screening program. And this, is, and this is how we recommend saving some of those resources. Like I said, that's just a, the other side of the coin, um, you know, and, 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 and a philosophical stance, frankly, you know, it's like, if, if that's just, you know, if you're, it's how much of the, how, how my, how many times you want to roll the dice on that one, really, you know, as a 40 year old woman, you're like, I'll wait 10 years. Okay. Uh, you know, it, it, I've never tied anybody down and made them get a mammogram, <laughs> but I think that the data is quite compelling to say, you know, this one, this one could save your life. This one could, you know, why would you give your cancer a 10 year head start? Uh, you know, I, I, again, I, I just, I care very, very deeply. And so it's, it's, it's a challenge. I, you know, I'm always trying to balance what's best for this individual person in front of me versus what's best for women, you know, and as a population level, like kind of getting back to my, you know, my focus is, you know, right. it, it varies from, you know, the, the person all the way up to the population. Um, but I think that it's, you know, knowing all the facts, knowing what screening mammography can do, um, there's no, the, the right answer. I, I, I know what I think the right answer is. Mm -hmm. 
and I can provide that data. But that's a long conversation, right? right. How long have we spent on it just now? Yeah. And I barely scratched the surface. Right. So let me jump then to that fault, the part B of the question, which is Correct. what do we do? How do we yeah. fix this? I've been thinking really hard about this for a really long time. <laughs> and I think that honestly, the, the most powerful way that we can reach women is just, it just has to be on that relation level that a woman has with her clinician, with her doctor. Like I said, I just, I feel like, you know, as a, as a human living in 2022, you are barraged constantly in all directions with all sorts of information, you know, about everything under the sun. What's the best vacuum cleaner? How often should I change my sheets? What should I do about screening mammography? You know, it is just relentless. But I think, and I think that we've just learned to just sort of, we just kind of have to protect ourselves. And, you know, you just kind of, you know, bury, you know, just don't listen, you know, I just can't even, can't even process all that information. But that relationship with that person who is your doctor, who has your best interests at heart and who knows you, that's the person who needs to tell you, hey, I've done the research. You can trust me. This is what I would recommend. And here's why. And we can have that conversation. You know, people can listen to any, you know, expert or authority, you know, but who's that person, you know, to you? You don't, you know, there's lots of experts, there's lots of authorities. And, 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 you know, nobody is born with this knowledge. I've been looking, you know, I've been looking at this data for over a decade. You know, I, I, this is just, this is where I live. So I think, but I think that, that, you know, for women to hear that message, whatever it is, you know, whatever is right for that patient, whatever is right in that particular clinical context, that needs to come from a relationship that is established and cherished and trusted. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Now I want to shift gears a little bit and direct it toward uh, our audience and giving them some sort of action steps and action plans here. You know, our audience is primarily made up of uh, practice administrators, practice leaders um, in all types of different specialties and GPs and all of that. And so when you put, put it into that context, then what can those providers do um, to help patients get back on track uh, and get back to those recommended mammograms? What, what's sort of the, those next steps, those action steps where practices can put this into place? Sure. I think that there's a couple of different things that can be done. Um, first, if necessary, call up your breast radiologist. That person, you know, could be, is a real resource, um, you know, and, and welcomes that, that dialogue, you know, to say, hey, how can we help? What can we tell our patients? What is, you know, if there's any confusion, if there's any discussion, if, the, I mean, you know, there's so much, you know, data, there is so much going on that, you know, I think we need to really depend on each other and each other's expertise to help, you know, clarify and, and unify, you know, the message and, and okay, what, how do we help our patients? What is the best for them? Second prong, if you will, is um, I, I think that we're beginning to really see how technology, honestly, integrated into everyday life can actually be a real boon to 
helping, you know, with scheduling and reminders and what have you. I can't tell you how many texts I've gotten from my daughter's orthodontist, you know, reminding us about this appointment or that appointment, you know, stuff like that, I think goes a long way actually in just sort of helping, you know, helping a woman manage the day-to-day and how to keep things, you know, scheduled and remember, oh yeah, I've got that appointment. Um, And then lastly, like I said before, you know, there are ways to make um, these appointments a little bit more streamlined. Um, I think, you know, in, in my various, you know, careers previous to onsite, you know, we've worked with our practices to say, hey, okay, does your population need some Saturday mornings? Do we need some after hours times? You know, is there some way that we could, you know, integrate our schedules somewhat to accommodate your patients? Um, and then lastly, as I alluded to before, and as, you know, onsite's mission, you know, integrating mammography itself into the office and literally making it a one-stop shop is just sort of the ultimate um, convenience answer. You know, like she's already here. She's here for her health. She's here for her checkup. This is part of her health maintenance regimen and it's right here. Um, mm-hmm. So there are, except there are, I think just, but there are lots of steps um, that we can that we can offer, you know, as breast radiologists, as partners and colleagues, um, to try to help, like I said, people get back on track, you know, to importance, emphasize the importance of, hey, that lost time, we, we got to get back on it. You know, it's, it's important. Um, you know, it, it, we did what we had to do, but, you know, we're here in 2022 and we really need you to go back and get your mammo. And, you know, and I think that that's the path back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to follow up with that then, because one of the issues with, uh, practices and that patient volume is scheduling and reminders. So is there anything you can provide there then that uh, providers can do to, to help solve those scheduling and reminder challenges? Sure. So uh, most breast screening programs, you know, radiology, you know, uh, groups already, you know, provide that kind of, hey, you're due for your mammogram. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, your mammogram's coming up in a few months. As I was saying, I really think that, you know, a smart integration with various technological, you know, uh, reminder, you know, tools, even pretty basic ones, I think can, can help sort of nudge, you know, to help people keep that on the calendar and keep it front of mind. Um, the uh, scheduling itself, um, again, not to be redundant, but you know, it's the, the fewer times you have to schedule a patient, the better. Um, so if in scheduling her for her primary, you know, her yearly uh, physical, she also gets scheduled for her annual mammogram, so much the better. Um, you know, it's just ways to try to streamline care and, and help sort of make things as easy as possible. Um, and what I think we would all admit is a, you know, a pretty thorny problem on <laughs> how to put together all of these appointments and make up all this lost time. So Susan, uh, you and your team have an upcoming webinar uh, partnering with MGMA on this topic. Uh, For people interested in that, it is June 15th. Tell us just like an elevator pitch about what people can expect and um, what they can hope to find out in more detail in that webinar. Sure. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's um, with a renowned breast radiologist uh, expert imager, Dr. Phoebe Freer, um, who's out in Utah, and uh, past president of ACOG, Dr. Mark DeFrancesco, uh, and myself. So I'm really looking forward to um, spending some time with, with those folks. 
and we're going to basically just do a deep dive into uh, everything that uh, you know we've touched on in this podcast. Really, you know, the implications of COVID on screening mammography, the importance of screening mammography in general, how to best communicate it to our patients um, to affect the best possible results for a breast cancer screening program. So, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm 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 hoping that this is um, you know, useful on both the sort of academic and practical uh, fronts, you know, just in terms of providing, um, you know, the real stats and the real data behind the recommendation, and then some practical advice on how those recommendations can best be communicated and affected. Okay, that's great. And for everybody interested, um, I will provide a direct link to uh, to that webinar in our episode show notes. And for anybody interested, I can just, in general, you go to mgma.com slash events. It'll take you right to the page where you can register for this free webinar and you'll have Susan and those other experts will be available uh, for Q&A there as well. So you can get your question questions answered during that webinar. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So before we sign off then, Susan, I wanted to ask you, uh, do you have a case study? Do you have any kind of example you can share with us of uh, some work that y'all have done or practices you've worked with um, that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, sure. Um, there's actually a fairly recent example that, um, that I think everybody in our company really sat up and took notice. Um, there was a little clinic in the Midwest that we partnered with um, recently. And, you know, the usual drill, you know, we met, we talked, we got set up, you know, we got it going in the office, the patient started coming through, um, program was running, running seamlessly. And we, you know, and we're, we're always checking our numbers, you know, we're always checking to see, you know, how well are we doing? What, you know, are our patients compliant? Are we capturing the patients who need to be, you know, offered mammography, et cetera, et cetera. And we were surprised, sort of shocked, really, to discover that after not quite six months, not quite half a year, we had diagnosed 10 breast cancers. So I think you can probably tell from the tone in my voice that that's a lot, but just to step back for a minute, that's roughly twice the number that we would have expected to find in that time frame, given that volume. So we took a step back and said, whoa, okay, hang on a second, what's going on here? you know, I mean, I'm glad we found them, but holy cow. Um, and I think that it's, you know, going back through and looking at these, uh, you know, that this particular clinic, many of these women hadn't been screened for years, mm. you know, had just had been without a mammogram for more than three years. And that's partly COVID, but that extends pre-COVID as well. So um, we really, you know, felt like that was a very powerful example of how, you know, they're there. Those breast cancers, they're out there. They're just waiting to be found. Um, you know, we felt like, you know, that our program, you know, we've got really good technologists. We've got excellent radiologists. So, you know, we've got a good team to take the, you know, to do those exams and find those cancers. Um, but it was just an example of how, um, how, how much of an impact screening can make and how much ground you can make up, um, you know, even after a hiatus, uh, uh, from screening. So, um, so, you know, we, 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 by all means do not expect to continue to find that many per, you know, six months. We hope we don't. 
Um, but, uh, but, but, you know, but it was, it was just a really, you know, knock you back on your heels for a second to realize, um, you know, how much breast cancer can be out there and just, you know, and until you look, you don't know, you can't mm-hmm. help her. You can't help her if you can't see it. Right. Well, um, it's an unfortunate fact, but I, I, I think we'd be hard pressed, uh, that anybody listening has not been touched personally within their own family, their friend network, their, their colleagues have not been touched by uh, breast cancer in some way. And so um, I do want to ask you for a last question then, um, are there any resources that we can go to uh, to know more about annual mammograms? We can be fortified with some of those resources to go to those patients, to convince them, anything out there that you can share with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, you know, the Susan Komen Foundation has a long history of, you know, working with patients and, you know, and contributing to the fight against breast cancer. So, you know, the Komen website is excellent. Um, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecology, the ACOG, ACOG website is also excellent, you know, in it's sort of its breadth and depth of talking about, you know, screening mammography and recommendations. Um, and then there's also, you know, the onsite uh, women's health website, which in which we provide a lot of those same links, a lot of those resources. Um, also, just you're talking about the importance of screening mammography. So, you know, there's a there's a plethora, but those are a few that, I, you know, you could easily start with. Okay, well, Susan, it has been uh, eye opening talking to you and also educational. Thank you so much for sharing this incredibly important information about uh, annual, uh, mammograms and the importance of having those. So thank you so much for sharing this information with us today. You're so welcome. It's really my, uh, I'm honored to be able to share it with you. So thanks for the opportunity. It's been great talking to you. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of insights. Thanks to our guest, Susan Holly, breast radiologist and Clinical Director for Research and Development at OnSite Women's Health. We also want to thank Nuance and OnSite Women's Health for sponsoring this week's show. The Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX, captures the patient story securely and accurately to automatically document at the point of care for increased efficiency in patient throughput. Discover how DAX provides a better patient experience and eliminates afterward documentation. Visit nuance.com DAX on demand to see DAX in action and explore how DAX, Nuance's ambient clinical intelligence solution, can transform your organization. Breast cancer will impact one in eight women. OnSite Women's Health provides healthcare practices and providers with the ability to bring screening mammography in-house. Partnering with OnSite allows more women to keep up with their annual screening and gives anyone impacted by breast cancer a fighting chance. Learn more at OnSiteWomen'sHealth.com. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. And to access all of our podcasts, go to mgma.com slash listen. And if you want to add to the conversation or suggest experts for us to interview, email us at podcast 
at mgma.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights Podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership. Thanks.